When it comes to credit and finance, wake up and win with Monique Macklin. Welcome to Wake Up and Win with Monique Macklin. Tonight or today we're going to be speaking about is starting a new business right for you. And I want to introduce my guest this evening, the prophetic financier, Mr. Al Mills. And we are going to have a discussion on exactly that. Are you choosing the right business or moving in the right direction to start a business? So, hey, Al, how are you? Hey, Lady Monique, how are you? Thank you for inviting me on to your podcast. I'm quite excited. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's give people a little bit about your background so they can know exactly who you are. Oh, well, thank you. Well, actually, I've been in the finance and merging acquisition space for well over 27 years. Uh, I'm a founder of many companies, uh, ranging anywhere from real estate to to purchasing businesses and the like and mentorship and so I'm really excited about sharing with individuals how they can enhance themselves with what we call socioeconomic mobility mm-hmm. and so that's going to help people start to choose the right vehicles and right actions that will enhance their lives socially and financially because right now so many people are following a plan that is destined for failure right that's, that's why so many Americans are retiring below the financial poverty level mm-hmm. because they've invested or participated in opportunities that truly didn't support their agenda. And so it didn't serve them well. It didn't right. serve them well. So that's why we're in this conversation tonight because in, in our program called Paranomics, we have programs to help people know the difference between buying a business, starting a business and the like. And so, yeah, this topic tonight is buying a business, starting a business right for you is a great topic or segue into that. So I'm excited. Okay. Well, I'm excited to have you here. And again, I want to thank you so much for joining. So I guess I wanted to just jump right in on, on this topic because I speak to people all day long. And their number one thing is I need to get funding to start a business. And in many conversations with you, you're like, well, what is that going to do for them? Do they know what they're going to do with the money? So, you know, what is what should a person know prior to making that decision to jump and say, I want to do a business or, or start a business? Well, well, here's the great thing about that. That has been some of the miseducation mm-hmm. in the business space. When you look at starting a business versus potentially buying an existing business, mm-hmm. there's a multitude of leverage and difference. For example, um, to buy a business versus starting a business is less risk. That's the number one thing is less risk. Right. Um, um, number two, you have a lot more financing options. Uh, number three, you can n- initially purchase a business that already has brand recognition. Mm-hmm. It comes with instant customers, mm-hmm. already in sales, mm-hmm. instant profits. I can continue on all in the a system. In a system. In a system. So, mm-hmm. Right. So you need to start a business. You have to have a process and a system. And so many people don't have that. So you need to, there's several things that you really need to do before you even begin to do that. That makes sense. So... I mean, most people, when they're starting a business, how much 
should they expect to have um, to invest in a business? I know it depends on what type of business, but um, most people don't have even enough working capital to start a business, let alone to grow it, right? That, that is true. According to the, uh, the SBA, the Small Business Administration, mm-hmm. the average startup funding uh, 33% of startups have less than $10,000. Oh, wow. 29% have between $10,000, Then 26% have between $50,000 and $250,000. And only 12% have a quarter of a million or more. Mm. So if you really look at the average startup, they have less than $10,000 really to get started. That's the bulk of the startup individuals and really to see yourself really do well i would say you need to be in the 29 percentile okay which is where between 20k and 50k would probably be the more sufficient way to start but even with that there's a 90 percent failure rate for startup companies that sucks that's horrible Nike. so within the first year what is that statistic about uh generally about 10 percent of companies will fail in year one and and then 70 percent will fail from years two to five 70 percent yep and there's a reason for that Mm -hmm. most folks don't know the true reason why that happens most of the time the number one reason the largest percentage, which is 42%, mm-hmm. they have no market demand. They, they they choose a business based on what their passion is and what they think is what the population wants. Before, So they don't test the market before they jump into the market, pretty much. That is correct. They're looking at a niche that's either yesterday's niche mm-hmm. or a niche that has no true market demand. So what about in this what we're in now in this climate with a lot of people starting what is that what they call I guess gig economy with the Toro businesses and uh, um, what is that the other one Airbnb and stuff Airbnb, like that yeah, so is, is that market getting too it. saturated or well that's a great question um, it could be saturated if you don't do your market research for okay. example let's look at Toro mm-hmm. um, Toro is a great car sharing platform Again, we're not promoting Toro. We're no. not a part of. We don't have any shares or anything in that. But just for the instance, um, depending if you live in Miami or Los Angeles, it may be feasible for you to get involved in the car sharing business with luxury vehicles. Whereas if you're in New York City or rural area, you won't have the same desire or demand for people to rent mm-hmm. your to rent or share your exotic luxury cars. That's true. As opposed to an ordinary car, like a Honda Accord or a Civic or Toyota Corolla or something like that, it all comes back down to market segmentation. You have to be able to know what the need is and fill it. And that requires, even with a Toro business, it does require work. Absolutely. Well, that's actually wouldn't be deemed a business I actually would call that, my opinion, a side hustle because you have to be able to deliver the cars to your clients. It's a very active income, not necessarily a passive income. It's not a passive income. Okay. A a true business, if it's built right, will negatively remove you from it, but still afford you the luxury of substantial passive income and wealth accumulation. And so a lot of what you have taught me is the goal is to not... Is to work the business, not work in the business, because the Absolutely. goal is to get 
freedom. Money freedom, but mostly time freedom. There you go. Time freedom is really what we want to pursue. Money happens naturally when you solve a problem. Right. So if you want to be successful in any any venture, become passionate about solving problems as opposed to widgets, gidgets, and sizzle products. Right. Exactly. So even so what about this? Um because I know you work extensively in the real estate market as well. Mm, that's so cool. it's a lot of people jumping into the wholesale business or selling courses in real estate and in the wholesale business. Um, but even in this climate where, what are we in, a, a seller's market still? We're it, still in the seller's market. We're still market, in the yeah. seller's market. So does a wholesale business really benefit someone in a seller's market? Well, without specialized knowledge, no, because in the traditional wholesale model, you're looking for a motivated seller who's willing to sell at a substantial discount Mm -hmm. in order for you to create a a spread to assign it to a cash buyer. So unless you have specialized knowledge where you can maybe sell a a wholesale a property at market or a little bit below market requires specialized knowledge. And most of the time, the programs that are out there are not teaching you the negotiable skills to be able to do that. See, in down and down markets, anyone can wholesale because the multitude of people were in foreclosure or facing some type of crisis. Whereas, as it's been the last nine to twelve months, mm-hmm. it's been pretty much a seller's market, and there hasn't been any foreclosures due to the moratoriums and the COVID restrictions. So, a wholesaler oh, yeah. now. You're going to be competing with all of those recent graduates from the guru trainings, all competing for the same deal. This is right. Exactly. So you wind up paying more than you should be paying for it anyway. So it's pretty much like, I guess, the stock market or crypto you you buy in the down market. Right. That's correct. In real estate, there's three. Actually, there's four cycles. There's the boom. Mm -hmm. There's the flat line where prices stay consistent mm-hmm. and then there's the there's the crash and mm-hmm. then it's called the transitional period where at the very the bottom and okay. that's when that's where most profitable investors buy is in the transitional period okay. and then sell on the next boom market wow okay i got you i like that mm-hmm. so airbnb what is the benefit of doing that and I know that you don't need to own property in order to do Airbnb. Correct with specialized knowledge. Once again, if you know that you want, you can control an apartment or a home as long as the seller is aware of it or the tenant, or landlord is aware of it. You could leverage, use proper leverage to create a passive income for yourself in that particular model. But once again. You have to have specificity in knowing the right market to get involved in, Mm -hmm. what the average daily rates are that you should be charging. And you have to work in reverse to really know how to figure that out. But yes, once again, is that a passive business or is it somewhat active? It's still active Mm -hmm. until you have enough of a portfolio where you can hire a manager to do it. To manage the properties. Okay. Yes. To manage the properties. All right. So I was going to ask with, with that being said, I know, is it smarter to get properties or to do Airbnb as opposed to getting tenants? 
Well, you know, I'm always going to have the adage, you know, my mentors, I'm from the old school that, you know, cash flow, in my opinion, is king. Mm -hmm. Credit is queen. Mm -hmm. But ultimate leverage is God in the sense where if you learn how to acquire income producing assets, which we call wealth pairs, um, you will be able to get passive income from from, from here to eternity and you can leave it on to your heirs thereafter. So I'm going to always say if I had the choice between Airbnb or a contractual wealth relationship, meaning having a tenant pay me rent, I would always defer to getting a contractual income versus a seasonal income in an Airbnb model. Gotcha. I like that. And a wealth pair, that is, um, that's assets. Just to explain that to people. That's oh, sure. Bit. Oh, sure. Well, a wealth pair is nothing more than an asset coupled with positive and neutral leverage. Mm-hmm. And the difference between that is arbitrage. So what does that mean in layman terms? Mm-hmm. It means you find a cash flowing asset, maybe real estate, a business, or anything of the like. And then uh, leverage is basically borrowed money. So the income coming from an asset should be greater than the cost of money. Okay. And the difference between that cost of money and the cash flow from the asset is your profit, which we call arbitrage as a private banker. Okay. Makes sense to me. So I guess my thinking on this right now is, I know we're asking the question, is it smart for me to start a new business what should a person be outlining before they decide to say, I want to start X, Y, and Z business. I want to start a, a beauty salon. I want to open up a barbershop or um, whatever they're looking at doing. I want to open up a restaurant. What should they do first before anything, before any loans, before anything else? What should they be doing first? I would say the very first thing in the set, well, top three things one should be doing is number one, as I mentioned, 42% of businesses fail because they have no market demand. So I would say the very first thing you want to do is make sure that whatever business you are considering to start, Mm -hmm. if that's where you want to be, it needs to have market demand. That means it needs to be a large enough customer base who has a problem that your product or service will will solve a problem. The second thing is you need to determine the amount of capital that you're going to need to fund the launching of your business, the marketing and the, and the like, because that's the second largest thing why businesses fail. 29% of businesses fail because they run out of money. Right. So not necessarily do you need startup money, but you need to have what is called working capital that will carry you over until you begin to get that residual, monthly residual income coming in from your business. Okay. But number three, mm-hmm. which I think is the biggest, even though it's only 23% mm-hmm. of not having the right team, you need to couple yourself with someone who's very successful at doing what you're trying to do and has accomplished the things that you desire to accomplish. And it's important to build a team. You should not be the smartest person in your circle. You should surround yourself with wise men. As you know, scripture says that a wise man or woman keeps wise counsel. So before you launch your business, you should look to get wise counsel. May it be a board of directorship for your potential company Mm -hmm. or a mentor, someone who can guide you and navigate you in being able to do this due diligence and market to find the market segmentation and to kind of help you evaluate how much capital is needed. Okay. And then once you have determined all of that, well, when it comes to funding, 
Because mm-hmm. most people will say, what if I don't have the capital, but I have the credit to go ahead and at least get funded? What is the smart route to take when it comes to that? I always say work with the credit lady, but <laughs> apart, from, apart, apart, from, apart from that, I would say that you definitively need to link up with a or have on your team a financial consultant who can navigate the loan processes and get access to secured and unsecured funding for your your business, I would recommend. Okay. okay. Sounds good. So what I guess in closing, because I know we want to keep it short and we're going to do some more of these these sessions in the future, um, because next, you know, I want to speak on on getting a mentor. What is the business, the benefits of having a mentor, how to find the right mentor. So those are the things I want to talk with you about in future episodes. Sure. Um, But in closing on this, what would you give someone who is really eager and and wanting to start their own business? Um, Well, let me ask you this. Do you recommend um, not just buying a business or buying into a business or maybe just as I mentioned, like that thing I'm putting together, is that something you would recommend partnering with a company and then growing from that as well? Absolutely. If you're not sure if a market demand or whatever, then team up with someone who's already in business and grow together as an investor or find or get the adequate education and mentorship that can springboard that. Because segue into the next conversation about mentorship Mm-hmm. You know, a mentor is not a consultant nor a coach. There's major differences between that. Okay. A mentor is one who's going to take a journey with a lifelong journey with you. A and life- I like to, okay. lifelong journey. I like to use that word mentor or if you understand what that means or means natural resources. And so a mentor will challenge your thinking and give you direction. You won't learn from his skill set you'll learn from the mistakes a mentor made so mm-hmm. you can avoid them and get to your destination a lot sooner mm-hmm. so i would say get get connected get good education before you put an investment together okay. to invest into any business or startup mm-hmm. get the proper education and relationship capital okay well, i like that and i appreciate all of that from you this evening again mr mills i want to thank you for just taking the time to impart your wisdom on this particular subject and we're going to come back next week if you have time and just speak on we want to speak on mentorship next week because you are the best mentor i've ever had and i want other people to be enlightened by your wisdom as well so again i thank you for taking the time with me this evening always my pleasure thank you and we'll um go ahead and close out and we'll talk with you next week awesome thank you very much for having me thank you Bye-bye. Bye-bye.